0: Let us pray. Almighty God, you have spoken to us through your Son. Let your written word now be spoken and heard by each of us. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand, that we may not refuse your calling or ignore your voice. May we all be taught by you through your powerful word. Bring our every thought captive to obeying Christ, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 15. Listen for the word of the Lord. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? those who walk blamelessly and do, not, and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends nor heap shame upon their neighbors, and whose eyes the wicked are despised but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and who do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning. morning. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter five, verses one through 12. Listen for the word of the Lord. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, be glad, for the reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon title is... Live the kingdom life. As we read through the first gospel, we find that mountains are important. Mountains in the gospel of Matthew were places where wisdom and teachings were imparted, where revelations unfolded, where people were healed and final instructions were issued. It was on a high mountain where the devil offered Jesus, and Jesus refused the offer of all the kingdoms of the world. Often Jesus would retreat to a mountain to pray. In chapter 15, Jesus healed many people on a mountain. His transfiguration took place high upon a mountain. Jesus revealed the beginnings of his end on the Mount of Olives, where he told the disciples that people would come in his name, falsely deceiving many and reporting rumors of war. And it was on a mountain where Jesus gave his disciples the Great Commission. In today's passage, Jesus went up a mountain and his disciples came and listened to his teachings. The Sermon on the Mount is the first of five great sermons Jesus preached. Here, Jesus spoke directly to his disciples in preparation for the journey ahead. Jesus taught them that the road would not be easy and that they would find happiness in the hope of their reward. For being his disciples, especially in times of trials and troubles, would offer them a great reward not seen in their lifetime. The disciples sat at Jesus' feet and listened intently as he gave them the Beatitudes. Sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his teaching reminds me of the times I visited with my Nana, Spending time with my grandmother was always a special time for me. I was her favorite grandchild. Oops, maybe I should restate that. She made me feel like I was her favorite grandchild. Every visit with her was a special time of learning while creating memories. A few things that I learned from my Nana was the importance of obedience, sharing with and caring for others, all of which were rewarded with treats and praise and encouragement and the plain old satisfaction of just doing things right. I could listen and sit and listen with her for hours. I imagine Jesus' newly called disciples felt the same way, as they sat before Jesus and listened closely to his teachings. I like this passage right off the bat because Jesus cuts to the chase in telling his disciples what life will be like and as they follow him in assuring their great reward as they serve God. The Beatitudes are like the ingredients of a thick and hearty sandwich, Anyone hungry for the the word of the Lord today? Verses 3, 4, and 5 address those in God's favor, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, and the meek. Jesus always looked out for marginalized in the society. Verses 6 through 9 speak to what is hoped for in life. Righteousness, mercy, pure hearts, and peace. What a beautiful world it would be if everyone was of a righteous mind, merciful to one another, and had pure hearts and worked towards peace in their daily living. The final verses describe and redefine the character and and the life of disciples of Christ and give the assurance of their great reward in heaven. Don't you want a slice of the kingdom life? As Jesus gave the Beatitudes to his disciples, he did so in a language pattern of condition or character of life that is blessed because the reward that is anticipated from God. Namely, blessed are followed by will be. The Beatitudes are not as a whole a prescription for heaven, nor are they individually passports into the kingdom of God. Instead, they are the eschatological, unconditional blessing that those who are poor in spirit, who mourn, are weak, etc., theirs will be the kingdom of heaven, will be comforted, will inherit the earth, and so on. Makarios is the Greek word meaning happy or blessed. Whether Markarios is translated as happy or blessed will depend upon the Bible translation being read. Jesus' teaching of the Beatitudes to his disciples was a prophetic pronouncement with all authority from God by the Son of God and the Lord of the church. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew adds on to Luke's blessed are you who are poor. By adding, in spirit, Matthew is inclusive of those who are considered lowly outcasts as well as economically poor. In humbleness, they faithfully follow God, trusting and believing in God's provision now and for the future, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, because God's people mourn the condition of this world with the understanding that God has the final say, for they will be comforted. God's time has not yet come. Blessed are the meek, meek meaning those whose feathers are not easily ruffled. Meek are those who do not rush to anger, nor do they seek revenge. Holding fast to God's protection, they will inherit the earth. As Jesus continued teaching the Beatitudes, he showed his disciples the blessings that accompany the characteristics of faithful followers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness. They are the people who anticipate the coming of the kingdom of God. Jesus taught his disciples that everyone, now and then, does what is right. But what he was pointing his disciples to was not the occasional acts, but to a passionate concern for the right. Blessed are the merciful. Those who live their lives in response to God's grace in the lives will receive Mercy. When Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, this meant individuals for whom being at, uh, pure at heart was natural. They are naturally and consistently looking out for others and putting others before self, and by doing so, they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, those who actively overcome evil with good. There is something that is so godlike in bringing peace to people and people to peace. People who end hostilities and bring the quarrelsome together, they will be called children of God. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, echoes the blessing of verse 3. Persecution in the spirit of of righteousness for Christ's sake, renders the eschatological blessing the kingdom of God. Now, the last two verses in this passage shift from third person to second person. Here, Jesus' statements taught the disciples to rejoice in the face of persecution, not in the sense of a martyr complex, but in the joyful acceptance of the sign of being the eschatological community of faith, the people of God who live in the world but not living a worldly life, the people who practice living the kingdom of life here on earth. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Sisters and brothers, just like Jesus called the disciples and gave them the Beatitudes back then, Jesus gives us the Beatitudes and calls us to live the kingdom life today. How do we live in a blessed life? In hopes of reward in the kingdom of heaven, here in the midst of the worldly, fleshly rewards that saturate today's society. How do we live the kingdom of life today? Well, first of all, we should live the kingdom life because that's what God intended for us. God has already created it, and God commands to love God and neighbor as yourself is where it begins. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, love God and neighbor. I heard that before. It's a piece of cake, right? Not so. While loving God and neighbor sounds like an easy concept, it really is quite hard to do on a regular basis. We see how hard it is at every age level with children on the playground not willing to share the same toy. Oh, they may love God, but loving their playmate enough to share that toy is not in the game plan. The same is true for tweens and teens sharing the limelight. They all want to fit in, but one popular group doesn't mesh with another. And ultimately, some are left on the outside, in the margins, feeling, unloved. Attitudes and failure to accept differences follow us into adulthood and interfere with our ability to love one another as self. Jesus calls us to show mercy and to have pure hearts as we deal with one another in love for judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs all judgment. Second, practice makes perfect. People of all ages have heard this phrase at least once in their lifetime, and if you are striving to live out the kingdom life, then practice is key. Practice or preparation makes a difference in everything. Just take a minute and remember, something that you have done past or present, That required a lot of practice or preparation. If it was something you were really passionate about, you probably devoted a decent amount of time honing your skill and making sure you were perfect or very near perfect, right? Now imagine that same effort, the same passion and time spent on at least one of the Beatitudes Jesus presented to his disciples. Imagine the impact you could have if you were hungry and thirsty for righteousness. As I prepared for today, I thought about two people in history who were hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Mahatma Gandhi and Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Mahatma Gandhi was an Indian lawyer, politician, social activist, and writer who became the leader of the nationalist movement against the British rule in India. He, became, he came to be considered the father of his country and esteemed for his doctrine of nonviolent protest to achieve political and social progress. Martin Luther King, Jr. was an African-American Baptist minister and social activist who led the civil rights movement in the United States from the mid-1950s until his death in 1968. His leadership was fundamental to that movement's success in ending the legal segregation of African-Americans in the South and other parts of the United States. And during his seminary training, he became acquainted with Gandhi's philosophy of nonviolence, which influenced his promotion of nonviolent tactics during the civil rights movement. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. practiced the hunger and thirst for righteousness that changed their nations. Jesus invites us to live the kingdom life by practicing the Beatitudes. Will you accept his invitation? Finally, surround yourself with fellow believers. Get involved with Christ's community, the church, and watch the movement of the Spirit as you do God's will using your gifts and talents. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, he spoke to them as a faith community. Together, the disciples learned what was expected of them as followers of Christ. They listened intently to Jesus' teachings and prepared to do God's will. Today's good news is we have unlimited access to God through Jesus Christ who gives salvation who provided the beatitudes that teaches us to live the kingdom life. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for the reward is great in heaven. Amen. Amen.